I love the, the power in, in that time that we have to worship together. And, you know, but before we got started this morning, um, kind of in the back room, I, I was just reminded how, how thankful I am even for, for Joe's leadership and our worship team. And, and he said something that, that really stood out to me that, you know, th- this, this group that leads us in worship, these are songs that they're familiar with. They sing them often. And, and a lot of times... When, when we're familiar with something, it kind of loses its power. It, it can kind of drift away from us. And he said um, that, that it's been on his heart uh, that, that when we sing this song, that it, he wants to make it new. He's praying for God to, to make it new, to let me, let me feel the magic again of, of that. And, and I feel like um, I relate to that because I feel like God has been doing something very similar um, in me lately, that, you know, I've, I've been a Christian what I would call a Christian, uh, since I was in sixth grade. And, and for me, that meant engaging in church, going to youth group, you know, trying to read scripture, going, going through all those things, and all of that's been so helpful. But I've had moments in my life where I realized I've identified in this way for so long that it, it, it kind of loses its magic. And uh, just recently, in fact, like over the last couple months, I felt like this passion that I had when I was young, when it was new, has reignited, and, and I've been excited to explore that. Uh, you know, in, in the first century, before the people of, uh, that followed Jesus were called Christians, they were known as people of the way. And what I like about that is that, you know, there's nothing bad with, with identifying as a Christian. I'm a Christian. Um, but, but when I say that, I feel like sometimes it's almost, feels like so final. Like, I've arrived at this destination. But when I think of being people of the way. I think about being students, that we're slowly, we're learning, we're, we're growing, we're, we're making progress. And, um, and that's, that's what's kind of been on, on my heart lately. And so uh, I'm excited this morning to kind of work through this series, Luke Through Lent. Uh, if you've not read through a gospel, uh, any gospel, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, if you've not done that, that is such an important practice in our faith. It, it allows us to get a picture of the Jesus that, that we claim to follow and understand um, what that journey is like. So hopefully you've been tracking along. Um, we've been kind of doing a reading plan, and if maybe you feel like you either weren't here last week and you didn't get that started or you've already fallen behind, um, I, I really challenge you just try to catch up, read a couple chapters um, so that we can do that as a, as a faith community. But um, as we work through the gospel, as we, as we talk through this idea, this concept of of Jesus and who he is, um, that has so much power in, in us and identifying who we are. Last week, uh, Matt, Matt had a question. In fact, he said that this is probably the most important question you can ever ask. And you'll see on the screen back here, the question is, um, who do you say that Jesus is? Jesus asked his disciples that very question. Um, what's, what's the word? What's the buzz? What are people saying about me? Um, but most importantly, who do you say that I am? What, is, what has been your personal experience? And, uh, and, and I think that's something we all have to wrestle with. Who do we say Jesus is from our experience, from what we know of him? Who do we say that he is? If you're reading through uh, the Bible in the ancient language, which we all do, of course. Um, if you're reading through the, the, the Bible in the ancient language of Greek, um, you'd eventually stumble upon a Greek word that would help us answer that question. That Greek word is euangelion. And it's translated as gospel which is another word for the good news. 
this idea of gospel helps us understand who Jesus truly is. And I ask myself, what is the good news? What is the gospel? And I think I've had different answers throughout the course of my journey. Um, When I was young, I remember hearing the story of Jesus and his sacrifice and realizing, like, I'm a sinner. I've I've made mistakes. I've been separated from God. And I'm so thankful for his his salvation, for him stepping into creation and and saving me. That that message compelled me um, to turn to him. But then, like, I, I realized, like, that was, that's, a, that's a piece of the gospel. That's a piece of the good news, but, but that's not the full story. And I would kind of hold on to that piece, and I, and I felt like it was my job, my responsibility as a Christian to go preach that gospel. Like, and that gospel, I'd go to people, and, I, and I'd say, you're a sinner. You're, you're a sinner, and, and you need to be saved. And that message was not received very well. Like, nobody likes to hear that. Like, oh, I, you're a sinner. You're a bad person. Go, go away from me. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Um, and in fact, as I read through Scripture, I realize, like, that's not even the, the, the full gospel that, that Jesus proclaims. It's not just simply that, hey, I've, I've come to die so that you can just go to heaven later on in life. Um, Jesus kind of preaches a new gospel, a different gospel. From the start of his ministry to the end, it's good news, and it, and it sounds something like this, that you're, you're, you're an heir to the king. You're an heir to the one true eternal king. And the time is now to receive your inheritance. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus is, is coming to proclaim in us, to build a kingdom society. And, and the great thing about this, what makes it truly good news, is that it is, it is an open invitation for all people to claim citizenship. So then I ask myself, well, like, well what... What is this kingdom society like? What are its people like? If you have your Bible, I want you to go to uh, Luke chapter 6, because that's what we're going to focus on this morning, spending time um, in God's Word. And and we're going to highlight one passage in particular. We'll get there. But real quick, I just want to summarize some of what Jesus says, how he describes this this kingdom society um, in verses 1 through 42. He says something like this, this kingdom society. It's about challenging the broken systems that handcuff us to rituals. This kingdom society, it's about having the eyes of God, the eyes that see the poor and the stranded and the wandering and the lost and the hurting and the oppressed. This this kingdom society, it's about awakening everyone to the greed and the corruption and the comfort that is slowly killing us. This kingdom society... It's all about love and forgiveness, not only when it's hard, especially when it's hard. This kingdom society, it's all about realizing that to bless others is not an equal transaction. It will always have a cost. This kingdom society is about humility. It's about reconciling the idea that sometimes we can't see the full picture and we don't have everything. So Jesus works through that in in verses 1 through 42. And then we come to verse uh, 43, and we stumble upon a metaphor. Let's let's read that passage right now. You see it on the screen behind me. It says this. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. 
Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bravel bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Jesus gives us, when, when he's trying to, to explain the, this idea of, of his kingdom and how we fit into it, he turns to an image of a tree. Now, one of the things I love about Scripture, one of the things I hope you don't miss, um, is how God uses metaphor. If, if you go back to, to the story of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 11, it talks about how God created um, the vegetation. The plants would sprout up and they would produce more plants. And one of the things I, I realize when I read that is like when, when God, this creator God, when he made all things, he was fully aware that these things that he was making, this physical world, would become the very imagery that he uses to communicate deep spiritual truths. In essence, we live in a physical world saturated by the spiritual. So Jesus uses a metaphor to help us unlock, not fully communicate, but help us unlock and explore some of the deep mysteries of God and how he's transforming us. So I believe God gives us the license to explore metaphor, to explore um, what he means by this idea that, that we're a tree. So going back to this, this concept here in this verse, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. Bad trees um, can't produce good fruit. And a tree is identified by its fruit. And then that second part of, of the passage, that, that what we say, it flows from what's in our heart. Uh, the first thing that we have to ask is, well, what, what kind of tree am I? Am I a good tree? Do I produce good fruit? Am I a bad tree? Do I produce bad fruit? The reality of this passage is that all of us, we produce something, good or bad. We're all producing something. And so the question is, well, what, what is it? Which is it? I read this uh, really good line from a book, and our staff, our team, we've, we've kind of read through it together. Um, and it's this line that's really stood out to me. It says this, human beings have a limitless capacity for self-deception. And I, I find that to be unbelievably true. A lot of times, like, we have a skewed perspective of ourselves. It's very difficult to see um, and, and understand the impact that we are making. The problem in this metaphor, the problem that I think translates in our own lives, is that the tree produces, but the tree doesn't taste the fruit. We produce all kinds of things, but oftentimes where we're skewed, where, we, where we're lacking, is the fact that we don't, we don't taste our own fruit. So then I have a question, the question for this morning, and there's two steps that follow it. Um, what, kind of, what kind of fruit are you producing? That's the question we have to ask this morning. What kind of fruit am I producing? And I, and I believe to answer that question, there's two steps. We have to ask. And we have to listen. If you can't taste the fruit yourself, if you don't know, we have to ask, we have to listen. It's a true confession time for my own life. Um, we, all, we all have blind spots, and uh, we all have imperfections. Even me, I know <laughs> what you're thinking. Like, not nah, you, Matt, I, 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 I'll be honest. Um, but we all have imperfections, and we all have things that, um, that challenge us in our lives. 
And one of my things, like, I can be, I can be a very proud person. And, and that plays out in all kinds of ways, in my relationships with people, um, friends, in my marriage, um, maybe especially in my marriage. And I, I can be a proud person. And I like, I like to be right. Because when you're right, we all, let's be real, when you're right, you have the power. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Like, I'm right, I have the power. Um, and that's, that can be very destructive. And it's really frustrating because I've learned through the course of my marriage, um, most times, I'm not right. And uh, <laughs> that, that hurts. But sometimes, a few times, I'm right. And, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll use that almost as a weapon, and it can be very destructive. I remember one time, this was a couple years ago, um, my wife and I, we, we were debating something. Um, we, were, we were handed down these dishes. They were given to us as a gift from her parents. Um, so they're, they're dishes that, that her parents had. And I don't, I don't know the, what the, the name of the material is, but the theory is that these dishes, like, they don't break. Like, you, you can drop them, and they won't break. That's what the, there's commercials about that. And, like, on the edge, the, if you have a plate, the outside of the plate has, like, these, these green, flowery, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you probably have something like that in your house, I assume. Um, and so we, we inherited these dishes. I always hated them. I thought they were like hideous. If you were like a burglar and you wanted to rob something from my house, I would like let you in and take those dishes, get them out of here. Um, but like we were talking about these dishes one day, and uh, my wife said, like, well, well, it's so good because like it's good to have these because they don't break. And I said, what do you mean they don't break? She said, no, for real, like. That's the whole thing with these dishes. They're designed not to break. You can drop them, they won't break. And I said, you're wrong. Like, these dishes, they'll break. And so, of course, what the, like the next step, you have to experiment. You have to, like, prove your point. You can't just be like, well, I disagree with you. I disagree with you. Like, let's be cordial, shake hands, and leave. Like, no, someone is wrong. Someone is wrong, and they must know, and they must pay for it. <laughs> and so... So she's like, okay, I'll show you. So she, she grabs a plate, and uh, we step outside just in case I'm right. Uh, we go outside, and we don't have to clean up a mess. And we had tile in our kitchen. So we go outside, and there's like a slab of concrete. So it's at least like similar, you know, like it's, it's a fair experiment. And she's like this. She says, watch. And, and, and it's one thing if like you were to take this thing and just slam it to the ground. Like, no, that's like I'll, I'll, I'll play ball here. I'll let you just lightly just like, whew, just drop it, like as if that's what happened. And she, she's like, okay, watch. And she drops it. And the second it makes contact with the cement, it doesn't just break. It doesn't even shatter. It disappears into dust. <laughs> like, it's, like, it, like, what it became was less material than what God started with to make the entire universe. Like, it was gone. And the moment, like, I remember this very clearly because, like, I watched it just like shatter, and then time kind of froze, and there was like an awakening in both of us. Like, like I realized I'm right. <laughs> and my wife, and I, and I could see it, like I could see like the life fade from her eyes, and she realized she was wrong. And here's, here's the lesson I've learned. Uh, the, the few times if you're a husband and you're right and your wife is wrong, you may feel like that's a great thing, but somewhere out there, a puppy dies. Like, there's a, there's a great cost. There's a consequence to it. And so I, like, I turn to her, and I say, like, see, like, I was right. I can't, and, like, and she admitted it. And, but the problem is, 
like I, I held on to that. Like I, I held on to because because I had very few and far between. I'm like I gotta, I gotta take what I gotta get. But like literally months later, like we out of nowhere, I just be like, hey, remember that plate? <laughs> like do you remember? And and I would bring that up occasionally just to show like I'm right. Like that was I was like one of my things. I'm right. I want you to know it. And um, and 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 I know that's that's silly, but the nature of that shows like over time. Like, what I was producing wasn't very good. What I was producing, I was trying to be controlling. I was, I was trying to, to, belie- to belittle her. I was trying to be condescending. Like, what I was producing, the fruit that was coming from me, was not good. It wasn't pleasing. It wasn't sweet. It didn't taste good. And there's, there's, been, other, there's been other times that I've realized that, maybe even more serious times. Last year, I, I mean, I opened up about some of the real struggles that I had to work with that, that followed me from, from my childhood. Some of the things that I experienced, some of the things that I had to deal with allowed me to, to kind of become, at times, an angry person. And I struggled. I had anger issues. And few people knew that, but some did. And the people that knew it were the, were the, the people that would suffer at, at, at my hand. My sister, when we were young, I mean, I had, I had these anger problems. And like, and I, it would just, it was awful. I would, I would just cut her down and make her feel terrible. And it's because of my own insecurities. That's what I was producing. And that didn't just simply go away. Like I had to, I, that followed me even into my marriage. And I talked about that even, even last summer, that, that it got really, really destructive. It was toxic. It was killing me. It was killing the people around me. It was the fruit that I was producing. It was a problem. And so I go back to this, this step, these steps we have to take. What's, what's the fruit that we're producing? Is it good or is it bad? How do you know? And my problem is I, w- I would never go through these two steps. I would never do that. I, pr- I, pr- I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't ask people, like, what am I producing? I don't care. I don't need to ask that question. And even if I would, even if I would humor, humor someone, I would say, okay, Okay, yeah, what am I producing? I wouldn't listen. Matt, you've been producing some really bad stuff in my life. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You're wrong. And, that's, and I would hold on to that. And I would be defensive. I'm, t- I'm telling you, these are hard steps. They're simple, but they are hard steps to ask the people in our lives. What am I producing? Makes us vulnerable. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to ask that question and be exposed to these ideas, to these patterns that are in our lives. And I think that that's, that's the next step for us. When we look at this metaphor, we have to ask. Now, I say that, like, you know, if, to ask that question, what, what am I producing? Like, that's, that's, a, hard, that's a hard step, and, it, and it, it forces humility. So just remember, if, like, you're saying that, and, like, I can't wait till this message is over, till so-and-so asks me, like, what am I producing? And I'm, like, going to sharpen my knife, and I'm going to butcher them. Like, don't do that. That, like, <laughs> I know you might, like, I've got a list, whoop, and just, like, go through that. Don't, like, remember this, humbly asked, humbly answered. What am I producing? And the second thing is this. If we ask the question, what am I producing, what happens what happens if we hear from someone? What happens if the Spirit convicts us that we're producing bad fruit? What do we do? What's next? 
And I think there's two things. Um, again, you'll see it on the screen behind me. What, what do we do when we hear we're, we're producing bad fruit? Well, the first thing is this. You need to remember that you are perfectly in process. Uh, just last night, uh, I saw the movie uh, The Shack. And if you, if you haven't seen that, I, mean, I remember reading the book when I was in college, and, and I thought, like, oh, it was pretty good. And, and so um, I went to go see the movie. And it's, it's, I will say it's a very powerful movie. Um, really makes you think about, like, some of the themes in Scripture. And everyone around me was just, like, weeping. Not me, though. I wasn't weeping. I, I had allergies. I was sniffling, but I wasn't weeping. Um, but it was such a powerful movie. And, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's this one scene that really stood out to me, and it, it, and it is exactly what Jesus is describing here in this metaphor, that um, the character, the main character, he's, he's walking with the Spirit, walking with God, and they're, they're in a garden. And in this garden, there's, there's beautiful flowers, there's beautiful trees, but there's also like weeds that are getting entangled. And he, and he kind of makes the comment to the spirit. He says, what a mess. What a mess. And the spirit responds and says, well, this garden, it's perfectly in process. And this garden is your life. And that really stood out, this idea, perfectly in process. Because we're not perfect people. We make mistakes. But we can be perfectly in process. We can be at a point where we recognize our imperfections. We recognize the bad fruit that we've been producing. And when we recognize that, making willingness to, uh, to turn away from that, that is exactly where we want to be. You can't take back the past. You can't take back the things that you've done, unfortunately. I wish we could sometimes. We just can't do that. But what you can do is where you're at, regardless of that past, you can identify what, what needs to be done here. What's the next step? What is, what is the thing in my life, the weeds that are killing me? What are these behaviors or these patterns that are constantly making me produce this bad fruit? Now, a lot of times we think like, okay, if we can get real with ourselves and say, oh, I might have been producing some bad fruit, it can be our tendency to just try to like, duct tape some, some good fruit to the tree. Like, I'm a bad, I'm, I'm, I've produced some bad fruit, but I'll, like, I'll duct tape some good fruit to the tree. People can take of that and, and eat it. And maybe that's true at times. Like, maybe, maybe you can just kind of throw something out there and it, and it tastes good to people. But that's not the issue here. And that's certainly not what Jesus is saying. It doesn't work that way. It starts at the root. If, if, if you're an abusive person, and I can relate to that because I, I grew up with these anger issues, if you're an ab abusive person and you feel a little bit bad, like, okay, I'll, I'll just buy them a present. Like, that, that little, that, that thought, that gesture, that one good deed might taste good for a moment, but the, the real problem is at the roots. It's not just going to make it better. And maybe you've seen that in people's lives, people around you. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life, saying, oh, I... I wish it would get better for this person. I wish, I wish they weren't in this situation. They should just leave or they should try to figure that out. And but they hold on to a couple good deeds, hold on to a couple good things. The real issue is about getting it right in the roots. And that's the second step here. Starts with a root. Now, if we go back to the metaphor itself, this idea that a, a tree, a tree produces fruit. Well, what does a tree need to be healthy? Well, of course, it needs like good soil. It's got to have good, good nutrients. 
It needs to be watered. It needs sunlight. It needs some time to grow and to develop. Well, that's what a tree needs. The metaphor plays out. How does that work in our lives? If I'm the tree, what is it that I need? And I instantly jump back to this idea of what Jesus says and what he claims about himself. You need, you need nutrients. You need, you need nutrition. I am the bread of life. You need a drink. You need water. I will give you living water. You need to bask in the sunlight. I am the light of the world. If I'm the tree, and, I, and it starts at the root, what I read through Scripture, Jesus is everything. He's everything we need. And that's kind of been that awakening, I think, for me in the last couple months. Jesus is everything, everything that we need. So then I come to this, this thought to kind of wrap up this morning. This idea that, that we need to be aware. We need to ask people in our lives, what have we been producing? We need to be humble in that approach, and we need to be willing and open to listen to the truth that comes our way, even if it's a hard truth. It hurts, and it's hard to hear. It's, yeah, you've been having some bad fruit. It hasn't tasted good. But, I, but I, when I, I think about that, I realize like, but that truth isn't bad. It's, it may not be fun to hear, but that truth, it brings redemption. That truth helps me, and it helps the people around me. It allows me to live more into the way of Jesus as I'm a student, as I'm learning, and as I'm growing. But we don't just ask the people around us, although that's like a huge step. We also have to ask God. We have to approach the throne, heaven's throne, humbly and asking that same question, God, what have I produced? What have I been producing? What have I, what's been fueling me? What's been, what's been nurturing me? What's pouring out of my heart? That's the core. That's where it's all coming from. What's there, God? What's, what's in my heart? And when we ask that question, we are asking God, please, speak what is true and how valuable that is. So in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to continue to worship, and, um, and, and I, I want that to be our anthem. That's our prayer for this morning is for God to speak what is true. Um, you know, if, if you've been a part of this church and, and you know um, kind of the rhythm of a Sunday morning, we have opportunity for you to respond. You can, you can go to the cross and you can pin something down. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a thought. Um, maybe it's a, a, a request of God. Maybe it's a confession, as, as Matt um, talked through this morning. But it's, it's, it's willing to hear God and, and ask him to speak that truth in our lives. And on, on the edges uh, of the room, you'll see candles. And, um, and we always use that as a practice in our faith community, that, that light is a sign of God's presence. Maybe you just need that reminder. God, I feel like I've been lost. I feel like I've been wandering. If I'm truly honest with myself and the people have been honest with me, I haven't been producing good fruit. Will you be present? Will you be by my side? Sometimes we hear hard truths. But here's the easy truth. Here's the easy thing that, that God is speaking, is that wherever you are, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of your past, you are perfectly in process. You are, as long as, as we, we 
allow ourselves to hear God's word, you are exactly where you need to be. Exactly where you need to be. And God is saying, I am with you. I am walking beside you. You are not doing this journey alone. I have the victory. Father God, we pray as we, um, we kind of open up our minds and our hearts to this idea of, of, of a tree, this metaphor, this, this image, an image that we need. We, we go outside all the time. We see, we see trees. I pray that when we see them, we, we reflect on this very concept. What is feeding me? What is fueling me? What am I producing? How can I chase and, and, and accept what Jesus is? He is everything. God, we, we come to you humbly asking you to just simply speak the truth that we need to hear. We give this to you now in Jesus' name.